may be suited. Good afternoon. Boy, it's hot today, isn't it? We thank the Lord for this sanctuary where the cool breeze blows every now and then. We're in Psalm 16, which we started last Lord's Day, so would you turn your Bibles and keep them open there at Psalm 16, and we're going to read the first seven verses only. And last week I said this would be a two-part study. I was just kidding about that. And uh, this is a fluid thing, and I decided uh, that we need to spend some extra time on the last four verses, which we'll talk about next week uh, in terms of being a direct messianic psalm. But so we're going to read again, chapter 16, Psalm 16, rather, 1 through verse 7, as we come, as we add another three points where we left off last week. This is the word of God. Preserve me, O God, for in thee I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after other God shall multiply. They drink offerings of blood. I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night also. My heart instructs me. Wonderful psalm that's been known as a golden psalm, and it's really a pity to divide this psalm up. And I'm not dividing it a place where there's a division. There are no divisions. It is one psalm, but for the sake of our study, getting good benefit from this psalm, I've decided to do this over three parts. So we pick up where we left off last Lord's Day and for... Uh, the benefit for our memories benefits and for the benefit of those who were not here last week i'm going to go over those first four points we looked at last week and we're adding another three this lord's day number one the first point last week this psalm is a cry to god and if you keep your bibles open you'll see that even as you just glance over that first verse and we noted that that they were cry for preservation and refuge uh, which the psalms often are in fact some of the psalms many of the psalms are more desperate lord save me my enemies the bloodthirsty men around me and here again it is a cry to god for preservation for refuge but unlike other psalms of david It's not a desperate plea as when the enemies or either side of him and his life's in peril and imminent danger. Rather, it's a confident plea of a man who has put his trust in God because he names God as his God, the Lord. He is my Lord. So his plea is almost mute. Lord, you are my Lord. You know me. And then second, we we said that the psalm is a confession to God. In verse 2, you see it there. The man who cries to God will never be disappointed. 
But he proudly confesses the Lord, and there in God he finds salvation. He finds his salvation from his sins in the gospel. He finds that God is his refuge and his strength, a very present help in trouble, as David quotes in Psalm 46. Having aligned himself with God now, having confessed him as his Lord, the God is my Lord, we find uh, the, him thirdly, this psalm declares a love for God's people. We spend some time on this. The, the saints in the land, the excellent ones, and we must learn to view the Lord's people, the saints, those who are sitting here today, the way that the Lord views them. Precious in his sight, precious to him. Love for God's people. He now views God's people uh, with the love with which God views Christ in them. The excellent ones saved by grace. For the Lord delights in the redeemed saints. In fact, the scriptures teach us that precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. The psalmist says, I delight in the Lord's people. The saints are the godly man's delight. And when he, by the love of Christ, is constrained to serve them and care for them, he is serving the Lord Christ. And this love for them proves his love for God. And it's what the New Testament teaches us and the Old Testament for that matter. Fourthly, we observed last week, this psalm expresses careful worship of God in verse 4. He doesn't even consider those who chase after other gods. The godly man is shown in the first psalm, that basis of all the psalms of the godly man. He's the one who does not walk in the counsel wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but rather his delight is in the law of the Lord, his delight is in God, his delight is in God's people and serving them, and so he worships God aright, according to the laws of the Old Testament for David, and we worship God aright, as the saints of old did by faith in spirit and in truth. And he will not even consider the names of the gods that other people follow or the names of those who follow after them and bring meaningless sacrifices and drink the blood of those sacrifices, an abomination to the psalmist. And we note then in the new covenant, which is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the believer draws near through that shed blood and he worships God in spirit and in truth. That's what we looked at last week in the first four points. So we pick up our study today uh, from verses 5 to 7. And that's next Lord's Day we'll deal with the direct messianic nature of this psalm. When we get to portions of the, wait, this is not David, wait, this is definitely not me. This is Christ. This is directly for and to all things to the Messiah. We consider in the fifth place then following last week, this psalm shows a confident and joyful hope in God's providence. This psalm shows a confident and joyful hope in God's providence. Look at verse 5 and 6. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot 
The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. And the psalmist here in verse 5 repeats that solemn choice that he has made of the Lord as his Lord. And he's expressing it in this way. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. God is a choice for the Lord will preserve him and be a refuge to him. He cried to the Lord for this. And so he names God as his God. I have chosen him, his portion, and his cup is for me. He's the blessed man. He's the truly happy man who comforts himself with this choice. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. But notice the difference in these verses, in this confession of God, compared to the first verse there where he confessed God. Not only has the psalmist cried to God to preserve him and shelter him, not only has he confessed God to be his God and declared the Lord's people to be the excellent ones in whom is his delight, he loves his brothers in Christ and together they are careful to deliberately worship God in spirit and in truth. And here now in verse 5, the psalmist reaffirms his choice in God. And he boasts in that choice. And there's something else here. He's confirming to us what this means. Listen to what he says. My chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. Well, the first thing, human illustrations are very limited, but the first thing I thought of as Americans when we talk of a portion and a cup, you think of your favorite restaurant, and I like to go there because their portions are nice and big. And you know what? I like to go to Fish and Company or whatever your favorite might be because when you order a glass of wine, it comes in a, in a beautiful glass and they pour a full portion and so you may think at dinner time of setting before your family their drinks and for this little one perhaps a half a cup of water in paper or plastic because he may break it. For the older one perhaps half a glass of milk and for granny little orange juice mixed with water. Uh, you got me, that's what happens in our home. And then uh, for mommy a Diet Coke and dad gets a full glass of wine in a crystal glass. And we think of that as our portion and our cup. Here the psalmist affirms his choice of God. Yeah. Consider that as his portion and his cup. And in a sense, the psalmist, what he's saying is, the Lord is my Lord because he preserves me. He's my refuge, my rock, who forgives me my sins and sanctified me. But it is the Lord's portion and cup. For me, that I choose. He holds my lot, and therefore I choose him, and I submit to whatever he has for me, because I trust in him. And the psalmist, by declaring God as his Lord, as his portion, and his cup, he has my lot. I'm saying, I choose God, but really, he has a portion for me. He has a cup for me. He holds my lot. 
and I trust in him. I submit myself to the providences of God, cheerfully and willingly submitting himself to all the providences of God with great confidence. And he knows, because he says it, that this is a good choice. This is a good choice. For the Lord's cup is good. The Lord is my chosen portion, my cup. You hold my lot. This, this, this choice will lead to a beautiful inheritance, will it not? <laughs> this morning, Pastor Sam gave us good direction of how to read the scriptures as one unit. And even these Psalms, what we must look for first in the Psalms is Christ, because he is there and his inheritance. And so, brothers and sisters, even this psalm, a psalm of David, and a psalm for us, these verses, we've got to be blind if they do not speak boldly and clearly, supremely, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who put his trust in God, his portion and his cup, and whose blessed life was ordained by of old in the covenant of salvation, and his Christ's reward was in heaven when he was given the name above every name and where he sat down at the right hand of the Father Almighty. All things were given to him and all judgment has been given to him and he will come again and judge the living and the dead for all authority is his. He will judge the nations and the saints, all of them, will be like jewels on his crown. We will be, the church will be his inheritance, that gift from the Father to the Son and the redeemed and perfectly sanctified church will worship him and be with him for all eternity. It is true of David, the psalm. It is true of Christ's church and all those who call upon the name of God as they portion and they cup and submit themselves to his providences. But let us never remember the cup that was given to the Lord Jesus Christ. The cup that our Savior drank, we could never drink. For he alone could drink each dark drop for us as he shed his blood and as he gave his body. And all the nations and on the church shall be his inheritance. Truly and supremely, this can only be said of Christ. Lines have fallen in pleasant places for me. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. You can hear God the Father. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. But brothers and sisters, this is a psalm for us. This is a psalm of David. And because of Christ, so many of the benefits fall upon the church the benefits of Christ and his inheritance, what he achieved in the cross, do they not fall on us? And have, has his righteousness not been imputed to us, to the church, that we with the psalmist can declare, the Lord is my Lord, I have chosen, he is my portion, and he is my cup, submitting to his providence, looking forward to our shared inheritance in heaven, secured for us by Christ. So that the believer can say, in this Babylon in which we live of trials and difficulties and temptations and infirmities, yet we can say, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. 
Here's the line. It's like the line that goes through the Old Testament. It's the gospel of Christ. And it leads to an eternal inheritance for me. Brothers and sisters, the godly man chooses what God has for him. The godly man chooses the cup and the portion that God gives him. For God holds his lot. Therefore, we need never be afraid. And we are quick to complain. And we are quick to point out to the Lord and perhaps to others, you know, the cup that I got, the portion that I got is pretty bitter. It's very hard sometimes. And the infirmities and the trials that fall on me and the, the trials of life seem to be so relentless and ongoing pride to God for preservation and refuge. Lord, sanctify me. Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, give to me godliness and contentment. And then consider the bitter cup that our Savior had to drink for us. In the garden, he cried to God, Lord, if it were possible, let this cup pass from me. But he took the cup. He took the portion, God's portion, for him. As he sweat drops of blood in anguish, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done for the joy set before him. Believers, the trials and the infirmities, the difficulties, and even the sin that we saw this morning, God will use that even to sanctify you and prepare you. The believer can truly say the lines have fallen in for me in pleasant places. And any inheritance on this earth is uncertain because everything on earth is subject to change. There is no security, there is no certainty, but when our treasure is in heaven, when he holds our lot, we have a beautiful inheritance because God cannot and does not change. I love the hymn, that famous hymn, Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be great is thy faithfulness. Brothers and sisters, the ancient experience, hundreds, thousands, perhaps years ago, of this psalmist and his trust in the promises of God to do good to his people in whatever providences are before him, he submits himself to that. And when we come to the New Testament, the refresh button is pushed. The refresh button is pushed. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. To those who are called according to his purpose, our lines have fallen in pleasant places, and we have an inheritance. And that's the great lesson here, brothers and sisters. May Christ be our only boast, as the psalmist boasted that the Lord was his Lord. He's our chosen portion inheritance. He holds our lot in the lines of fallen in pleasant places for the man who has confessed God to be his God. And he submits willingly and cheerfully to that portion and cup, to the providence of the Lord. Trust in God. 
Trust in God. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit yourself unwaveringly and confidently to all the dark and the light providences of God. And he will hold you fast. That's the promise from Scripture. That neither death nor life nor anything above the earth or under the earth. Anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. This psalm shows a confident and a joyful hope in God's providence. No matter how small or how big your portion, no matter how bitter or how sweet the cup that you have been given, for he holds our lot, and we have a beautiful inheritance. You consider in the sixth and final place, we're just adding these two. The psalmist teaches us where godly counsel is found. The psalmist teaches us, this psalm teaches us where godly counsel is found. Verse 7, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. We have before us, before us another benefit of making the Lord our Lord, committing ourselves to his preservation and refuge, as we choose his cup and his portion for us, and he holds our lot, we are not left there. We are not given the portion of the cup and abandoned there to drink alone and to endure the lot cast for us, though that is a happy one that leads to eternal life with a promised reward and inheritance. But the Lord continues with us, as the psalmist says, He is my counselor. He gives me a dark cup. He gives me an infirmity. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He gives us his counsel. He is our teacher and our instructor. instructor. And the path of the righteous can be a hard path and a lonely path. And it's a path fraught with dangers on every side, trials and temptations of the world. Our own weak flesh and the remaining sin and those fiery darts of the evil one are all to be faced and overcome in this world, in this world of sickness and sin. And we need help. Brothers and sisters, we need help. That is why we are here on the Lord's Day. And he ministers to us and he speaks to us from his word. And we drink from the fountain, receive forgiveness of sins. And we eat at the table prepared for us, the bread of heaven, which strengthens our faith and feeds our souls. God is our refuge and strength. But we need help. We need preservation. And that too is promised in this psalm. And by his indwelling spirit, he is sanctifying us and bringing that work most assuredly to completion on the day of Christ. But we need counsel along the way. We need wisdom to continually choose the right way and counsel to know the way of the righteous and to walk on that path that leads to life. And this, the psalmist confirms, is also found in God. He counsels me. The psalmist blesses the Lord as his only wise counselor. And what is his counsel? It's the law of the Lord. Psalm 1 told us that already. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates on that law day and night. That is where my counsel is. 
That is how God directs me. You may say, I don't see writing on the wall. I need writing on the wall for this one. I don't hear a small voice saying, this is the way, walking in it. But it does. And it is there. You hear it, child of God. It is a word of life that we have seen and looked at at the hands of touched. As John says in his, the first chapter of his gospel, Another hymn, forgive me for that, William Cooper's hymn. The Spirit breathes upon the Word and brings the truth to sight. Precepts and promises afford a sanctifying light. He gives me counsel. Believers, refresh your faith in God and in the Lord Jesus Christ's words. Spoken in John chapter 14, with two, spoken to a fearful and doubting 12 disciples there in John 14. If you love me, Jesus says to them, you will keep my commandments. But they've just been told that he's leaving them and they're going to be alone and they need help. And he says, ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of the truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Wonderful counselor. And Christ is here in the verses of this psalm as the true counselor. That son born, <laughs> that son given. That great counselor, that is his name. It is who he is by his spirit through the word. He counsels us in the night and he leads us in the day. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. And our Lord Jesus Christ, who upon this earth as a son of man, found his words and his works and the counsel for all that he came to do in God. He found it in God. Do we not find our Savior frequently on every occasion drawing aside to pray, to seek God's help and counsel in the hours of the night and addressing Satan in his temptation with the word, it is written, Satan, it is written, and Christ himself. I bless the Lord, for gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. Psalm 33, the psalmist writes, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. His plans for all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. And Christian, it is the same Jesus, the mighty counselor who has given us his spirit to receive daily counsel from his word and the comfort and help of the spirit to persevere in the walk of godliness and righteousness until he come. And I have given you another counselor or an advocate, a helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. And that's what we see here. In this portion of the psalm, the psalm shows a confident and joyful hope in God's providence. No matter what that is, because the lions have fallen in pleasant places, 
for Christ. And he has a beautiful inheritance. Christ has, and that is our inheritance, which he will share with us. And the psalmist teaches us where godly counsel is found. And I wanted to be brief today, and I was brief. And I want to finish as a summary, perhaps, or as a lesson, three things that we need to take note of that we have observed here as reminders. Number one, the man who chooses God as his portion in his cup has been chosen by God. This psalmist places a lot of emphasis on, I've chosen the Lord. The Lord, he is my Lord. He is my chosen portion and my cup, and he has my lot. But the truth is, the righteous, the righteous are those to whom God has revealed himself. Therefore, they know him. Because the Father has drawn them to his Son to see Jesus and to see their forgiveness of sins and to see there I can submit to his providences dark and light. I need not be afraid because I have a beautiful inheritance and he will never leave me nor forsake me. In fact, he will counsel me in the night and he will give me counselor as the great and mighty counselor. Secondly, the second lesson, if you like, the righteous man submits himself willingly and confidently to the perfect purposes of God, or his providence, if you like. Whatever my God ordains is right. I needn't question it. I needn't question My boy is sick on the deathbed close to dying. My mother, my loved one, the calamity that has come upon me, whatever my God ordains is right. He is my chosen portion, my cup. And the lions have fallen for me in pleasant places, and I have a beautiful inheritance. I will be still, whatever he doth, and follow where he guideth. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I should not fall, and so to him I leave it all. And the third thing, the third lesson, the portion and cup of the Lord for the righteous leads to a beautiful inheritance. And this is our hope, brothers and sisters. If your portion is small, if your portion is big, if your cup is bitter, if your way is hard, if the trials are ongoing, if the temptations are, bear, are hard to bear, Father, I know another hymn. My life is portioned out for me, and the changes that are sure to come I do not fear to see, but I ask thee for a present mind intent on pleasing thee. The righteous man, fourthly, always seeks the counsel of the Lord through the word and through the help of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, whatever your questions, whatever your anxiety, Seek the counsel of the Lord. It is in the scriptures. And we have the help and the comfort of his spirit. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night also. My heart instructs me. No wonder it was called a golden psalm. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The Lord is my portion and my cup. You hold my lot. Lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a blessed 
inheritance. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night also my heart instructs me. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessed promises that come to us hundreds of years ago through the psalmist. How we thank you that we see in this psalm the Lord Jesus Christ. And you on this earth called on him. He was your God and your counsel and your help. And now you're seated above at the right hand of God, there preserving an inheritance for us. Oh, Father, help us to seek to walk in righteousness. Give us godliness and contentment in this life. And we thank you for your spirit, the helper, the counselor, uh, the one who instructs us and counsels us through your word. Oh, Father, we thank you for our beautiful inheritance. In Christ's name, amen.